Hello and welcome. I'm Holly. And I'm Lisa, and you are on the brink of adventure. Today we're spilling the tea on us. podcast is sponsored by Cherry Tree Lane Vacations, helping you plan your magical vacations. We're so excited to share our love of Disney and of traveling. We wanted to start this podcast by sharing with you some of our favorite things, and then we'll do some more deep dives later on. So let's start with hotels. Perfect. Lisa, what's your favorite? So it really depends on the season. Um, I'd have to say overall Wilderness Lodge, especially at Christmas time. It's so pretty. With the huge trees and everything. Love the trees. Yeah. But I also kind of like Beach Club because of the convenience to Epcot. We should have talked about this first because um, my favorites are kind of the same. (laughs) But I do also really like Polynesian. I'm a big fan of it location-wise. I like that they they have the boat transportation and the monorail. And, um, you know, that you can get to both Epcot and Magic Kingdom from that monorail station very easily as opposed to some of the other monorail resorts. Um, and then I like the overall vibe at Polynesian. Yeah, and there's so much to do at the Poly, too. There is, yep. All right, moving on to favorite park. So I'm assuming you can guess what my favorite park is based on my favorite hotel. <laughs> um, my favorite park is Epcot. We, including my two kids, I have um, two boys, 9 and 11, and it's their favorite park as well. And we really enjoy just walking around the World Showcase, learning about the different cultures, trying all the different food. And right now it has two of the three newest rides. True. Very true. Um, I love Epcot too. Um, I'm not as excited about the Future World or formerly Future World um, section of Epcot. What are we calling it now? The World Celebration. World Celebration. World Discovery and World something. Something. Nature. <laughs> nature. World nature. Okay. Uh, I prefer the World Showcase section of Epcot. Uh, yeah, because I it's agree. More, it's better developed. Uh, it's been consistent since 1982, so it's only been fleshed out and you know had more added to it as opposed to the front section that just went through a complete overhaul that some people are saying is very different than what Epcot started out to be and uh, I'm going to reserve judgment because I haven't seen it with all the construction walls down but well they're still not all down either yeah, I'm hoping they will be hopefully soon because yeah. that's been years and years that there has been construction right walls. since pre-COVID like yes it's hard for me to say I love Epcot it's hard for me to call it my favorite right now because I forget what it looks like with no walls in it <laughs> so, yeah. um, I'm, I'm a Magic Kingdom girl uh, like I said I do love Epcot it depends on the day. You know, sometimes it's, uh, yes, Epcot supersedes Magic Kingdom today. And I might spend more time in Epcot on a, on a given trip. Um, but I just there's just something about the, the depth of the theming in Magic Kingdom, where everything that you see has five layers behind it. If you stop and really look at it and really read the names and the numbers and, and, and all the things that are symbolized in that park, uh, it's so deep. 
and I just really can't take that. You know, you can't see that in any of the other parks as much. Like Hollywood Studios has some of it um, in the mm-hmm. front, you know, on the Buena Vista Street section. Yeah, um, Sunset Boulevard. Right. And, um, you know, and Animal Kingdom is too, you know, it's fleshed out so well that you don't even realize that it is. Uh, the first time I went there, I was really underwhelmed by it. And <laughs> it was just because it hadn't occurred to me that every single plant in that park had to be brought in and placed on purpose. And then I was like, oh, okay, it's actually really well done. <laughs> they um, really thought it out. They really did. I just didn't appreciate that those plants weren't just native and they didn't just cut pathways through, you know, through the existing foliage. So when I started to see those layers underneath, it became a more impressive park to me. But I think Magic Kingdom and Epcot were just so well thought out when they were built. Um, and the size of them is so, Magic Kingdom small, but it's it's very packed. Um, yeah, there's a lot to do there for sure. Right. And Epcot just has so much space to put new experiences uh, that I feel like they have a leg up uh, in that regard to, to the other parks. Hollywood Studios, it, it, you know, they've done a lot with the Star Wars expansion, but it's just, it's so cramped. Like They, they just don't have as much space over there, um, you know, to expand. Yeah, which unfortunately means that the lands that they are doing, the Toy Story Land and the Galaxy's Edge, are smaller. You know, they, they could have done a lot more, kind of like Harry Potter at Universal, but they're just tied down with the land. Right. And uh, Disney likes to tell us that Animal Kingdom is the largest of the four parks. but <laughs> Because of the safari. Because of the safari, <laughs> yeah. It's not because of the space that the people can walk. Uh, the size of the park is absolutely the largest because... The giraffes and elephants and lions have to fit somewhere. So, uh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I would be curious by guess accessible area, how, which park is the is actually the largest and the I smallest. would assume Epcot. I think I think Epcot is the largest by. <laughs> I'm my feet are the most tired when we leave Epcot, but it's also 100 percent concrete versus the other parks have some asphalt spaces and they're yeah. uh, that aren't as hard on your joints at the end of the day. Um, How many laps around the World Showcase do you do? That's true. I do two or three laps around the World Showcase, so that might that might explain some of that. Um, it's hard to pick a favorite though, because there really are there are great things at all of them. So it's it's so hard to narrow it down, uh, but it's a fun exercise anyway. Yeah. Uh, how about your favorite ride? So sticking with my Epcot theme, Cosmic Rewind. It's the roller coaster in Epcot, and I love. You know, that you can get a different song each time, so it kind of changes the experience. If you have Iran or Everybody Wants to Rule the World, a little slower and kind of more relaxed feeling. And then if you get Conga or September or something like that, seems like it's a little bit more of a wild ride. Yeah. But it, it's really interesting how music can influence what you're feeling. And, uh, you know, also interesting, Journey into Imagination, which is a journey through three of the five senses. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> um that's part of the the point of that attraction. So it's really interesting that the newest attraction in Epcot is almost in a way a callback to the purpose of that attraction uh, and teaching. Uh, well, it's supposed to teach kids, but I you know I don't know. I feel educated as an adult <laughs> going in there sometimes too. Um, but it's it's taking those concepts from that attraction and transferring them into something completely new and a, a, in a thrill ride capacity. Um, my favorite. Uh, ride is uh, actually Toy Story Mania. Um, and I'm shocked. I know, right? It's, it's because it's so repeatable. Because I can ride it a hundred times and it's still, 
Gretchen new because I'm trying to score points and win you a just big prize. like to beat everyone. I do like to beat everyone. That's true. <laughs> I'm <laughs> I'm a little competitive with my Toy Story Mania, but I also I also enjoy informing my friends uh, of ways that they can increase their score. So uh, I'm an altruistic um, competitor. <laughs> Okay, so moving from rides to shows. So I'm thinking like, you know, any any show that you can go see during the day. So excluding nighttime oh, shows. Oh, excluding nighttime. Oh, and including, okay. you know, attractions so such as Hollow Presidents or um, Carousel of Progress, anything like that. Ooh, where it's kind we, of you're sitting there watching something. Are we including parades? If you want, yeah. Because I'm I'm a big Carousel of Progress fan, but I don't know if I can top Happily Ever After. Disney That's World. the fireworks. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> Festival of Fantasy. The Festival of Fantasy is a good one. Yeah. I chose the Festival of the Lion King, mm. which is an animal kingdom. So I'm finally getting away from Epcot. I just love how it's so diverse. They have, you know, the monkey, the monkeys on the high bars, mm-hmm. and they have the guy spinning the fire and they have i mean just all kinds of things and of course the music is awesome they are back to having the kid involvement when we were there in august um my oldest got to go down on the so that was really neat he thought that was the best thing ever so i just like how they include the audience it's you know 30 minute show broadway caliber um performance yeah that is a really great show Uh, I, i hope we don't catch hate on our first episode but i am not a large lion king fan so, but I love that show uh, because as a former gymnast, I, I, like the tumble monkeys get me right from the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And uh, the aerialist is amazing. And uh, there's a guy that literally like, eats fire on the stage. I'm like, how does he do that? Yeah. That's, that's wicked cool. It is really cool. Okay. So nighttime show, I'm assuming we're going to have the same one. Like, you already kind of. This is happily ever after. Is what yeah. It is. yeah. Happily so, ever after. Greatest show in the history of the universe. And uh... <laughs> I'm interested to see how luminous. Um, so that's the new fireworks show coming to Epcot. I'm interested to see how that will do. Yeah, I'm excited to see it. We'll, we'll, uh, it debuts, uh, I think it's about a week before we get there in December. So um, we'll get a chance to see that early on. Excited about that. I just hope you can see it. You know, because the last one, I really liked it. Um, but they, you really had to watch from either like Japan area or the, the front of the world showcase, the port of entry. Because otherwise you couldn't see what was going on in the Stargate. So I right. hope this one can be more visible from everywhere. It right. helps spread out the crowds and, and then you're not fighting for a spot an hour before. Right. And and the Illuminations did that really well. Um, it's just that as that as technology grew and Illuminations didn't grow with technology, be, like what used to be really impressive to see, you know, dancing lights on the sphere uh, that was supposed to represent the earth became less and less impressive every year because the technology was growing other places and that show was staying static. Yeah. You could see it from, from everywhere around the lagoon, which was great, but the show itself, you know, was kind of hampered by um, its little LED screens. On the- yeah. So yeah. hopefully they can, you know, the, the new show will be some kind of meshing of the better technology from Harmonious, but the, uh, better accessibility around the world showcase from the old illuminations and the storytelling of illuminations I yes. think is what made that one so good yes um i had some story issues with harmonious but <laughs> it was impressive visually impressive but um and i liked in harmonious how they included um the different the languages. languages i love yeah. that 
they do that again. Okay, so moving on from nighttime show, unanimous for Happily Ever After, which is at Magic Kingdom, is favorite character meet and greet? Oh, okay, tell yours first, because I have to think about it. Okay, so mine is Anastasia and Drizella. That's a good one. Because they're hilarious, and they, you know, they're kind of snotty or um, rude, and I just think (laughs) it's hilarious the way they interact (laughs) with people. And, like, the one time I had a bow in my hair and Anastasia came over, I love your bow! And she made such a big deal about everything. Um, But they are just over-the-top silly and ridiculous. And I think that's why I like them so much. I I don't know if I've ever topped... Like, I always like to meet a rare character that you don't see out very often. That's always a thrill because it's just something that after many, many trips... To see a character that I haven't seen out for a long time is is exciting, you know. Yeah. Um, but as far as like the regular characters who are there all the time, I think Donald Duck in Mexico might be my. That's probably one of my best meet and greets ever. He's a good one too. He um he he took a liking to me and he started walking away with me and basically <laughs> told my husband um that he wasn't needed here. <laughs> nice. So, um, I, there's just a soft spot in my heart for Mexican <laughs> Donald. <laughs> How about um. What is your favorite Disney movie? So I'm a 90s, well, I'm an 80s baby. So, you know, I like all the early 90s shows. And my favorite is Beauty and the Beast. Awesome. So I love Belle. I was super excited that I finally got to meet Belle in her yellow dress in January. Oh, nice. Because normally you meet her in her blue blue dress Mm -hmm. or at Christmas time in her red dress. I was so excited to finally get to meet her in her yellow dress. Awesome. Um, My favorite movie... I have a lot of don't date yourself here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have I have a a lot of favorite Disney movies, and honestly, that my my very absolute favorite probably varies uh, based on the day that I'm watching the movie, um, based on what experience I've had recently, maybe what character I met last. Um, So so it's it's, this was a really hard one for me to to pin down. I think I I think I might have to go with Aladdin. Ooh, that's a good one too. Overall. It's just, it's got such a great story. It's one that I actually like both the animated and the live action for, which I can't say that that's a common thread in my um, movie preferences. Um, <laughs> I've not been a, a fan of a, a lot of the live action remakes. Um, I love the soundtrack for it. I love the characters. Um, I just think overall, it's just a really great movie. Nice. All right, so... Moving on to your favorite villain. The one I like the most or dislike the most? Mm-hmm. Whichever one, so whichever baddies. stance you want to go with. So bad. Um, Let's hmm. do both. So tell us the one you like the most and then the one you dislike. Okay. I think, I think I'm going to have to have you start this one too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So the one I like the most is Maleficent. Um. I grew up loving Sleeping Beauty, and so just Maleficent was one I always watched. The one I dislike the most is Mother Gothel. She's like, she's so mean. The evilest? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I would say, like, you know, the the whole, like, mother attacking her own daughter, but Rapunzel's not actually her daughter. She's her kidnapping victim. So, um, yeah, yeah, she's she's pretty reprehensible and evil. (laughs) Yes. But that streak runs through. Man, there are some really awful Disney villains. <laughs> yeah. Like, straight up, just terrible. <laughs> um, I think, maybe for me, the, the worst 
want like as, as far as like the villainy as villain um might be might be um claude frollo oh yeah and like, hunchback yeah like he's literally like trying to burn the whole city of paris just to, to burn a gypsy at the stake yeah and, you know mentally and emotionally abuses this little boy he kidnapped and i, I mean he's he's pretty he's pretty awful um as far as one you like the most, the one I really like, like <laughs> for being a villain, um, I don't know. I think the Queen of Hearts is a lot of fun. <laughs> like she is just, a lot of fun. Yeah, she's kind of a hilarious villain. Um, I'm pretty sure she's an Aries <laughs> because I feel like I can identify with um, her her you, ability to lose her temper on a. You want to cut people's heads off? I mean, some days. <laughs> so don't get on Holly's bad side. <laughs> Um, no, but it's that, that like that quick temper that is um, often associated with that sign, of which I am a, a proud Aries as well. So <laughs> there's like an identification there. Nice. She's she's not as bad as everybody makes her out to be. She's actually <laughs> she's actually a nice person. No, that's not true. <laughs> I, like, I don't know that she's she's pretty nice, terrible. But... <laughs> um, all right. And our last Disney favorite, if you will, here is your favorite Disney memory. Ooh. Let me start this one yep. too. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this year, my husband and I took the boys to Universal and Disney World, and Christian, my little one, his absolute favorite character is Pluto. So when we were at Hollywood Studios the one day, we got online for Pluto, and we he was dressed up as Pluto. So he has Pluto hats, Pluto shirt, yellow shorts. His shirt even had like a little tail on it. So you know he was he was Pluto, and we got up and the cast member said, you're going to be the last family. And we said, okay. So Pluto turned and saw, of course, Christian was dressed like Pluto. And he like held his arms out and Christian ran up to him and gave him the biggest hug. And then the cast member was like, you could just take Pluto's spot. And so Pluto, Pluto walked away and he actually went and got in line with the people oh like lining up <laughs> to meet a character. And then when Christian looked at him, Pluto ran over to him like he was the one meeting the real Pluto. Oh my gosh, that is the cutest. <laughs> and then at the end of the, so we got the pictures with um Calgan and Christian and then um it was Pluto's time to go off a break and so he took both boys by the hand and they got to walk across the courtyard there in front of Star Wars Launch Bay and walk all Pluto all the way over to the door for his break. Oh so wow. it was really cute. Oh, that's really cool. Definitely a core memory. Yeah. I think my favorite, I have a lot of really good ones, but I think my, probably my all-time favorite enduring memory, um, yeah, my husband and I went to Walt Disney World on our honeymoon, and we, this was, you know, long before I was a Disney travel planner, you know, I'm 22, I have no idea about anything, I hadn't been to Disney since I was 10, and of course, you know, my mom planned everything, but really that was 1990, there wasn't anything to plan, you just showed up and went to the park like a Hershey Park, <laughs> so there wasn't any... <laughs> Uh, the good was, old days. Right. Before there was internet, <laughs> before there was any Intel or any podcasts or any YouTube or anything. Um, and people just showed up and had a good day. Right. I just had this, this thought in my head, like if I was a kid and my parents were like, we're going to go to Walt Disney World for Christmas, I, I would have been upset because I loved Christmas and I love being at home with my family and opening presents and playing with toys for the week and not be having to go to school. And I don't think I would have been excited to go to Walt Disney World at Christmas time as a child. Hmm. Um, so I 
thought other children would maybe feel the same way. So I didn't think it would be a time that was super, super crowded at the parks. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it turns out that that is the exact opposite of the truth. Uh, yeah. And it's actually sort of what led me into this profession because we showed up at Magic Kingdom on New Year's Eve, uh, not expecting it to be crowded. And the park was at capacity by 10 o'clock in the morning. We were being beaten in the ankles <laughs> with strollers to the point of, my, I think my husband still has stroller PTSD. Uh, we, we walked up to Magic or to um, Cinderella's Royal Table and had no idea that it was the kind of place that you had to make a reservation 180 days at 6 a.m. for. Um, so we walked up and we were just like shell-shocked, wearing our little bride and groom buttons and our mouse ears. And we just looked at the cast member and we were like, Is, can we sit down and eat, please? <laughs> and she was just like, oh. No. She just looked at us and she's like, oh, they didn't know. Oh, wow. And they squeezed us in. Oh, wow. That was really yeah, nice. We got a Cinderella's Royal Table walk up on New Year's Eve in 2003. For those <laughs> so, listening, that doesn't happen. That never happens. <laughs> Don't expect it. <laughs> Actually, um, it was, Holly, this is a great example of exactly what not to do. Exactly. <laughs> and why you should use a travel planner if you've never been before, because there may be misconceptions that you're holding in your head that we can help to um, iron out a little bit <laughs> yeah. and um, save you from making these kinds of, uh, of errors. Uh, but it's a great story to tell because we, we left the, um, you know, left the, the lunch. It was, I think it was about two o'clock and um, we were still trying to do some things for the day. But it was just, it was when I say miserably crowded, I mean, you couldn't walk through a walkway without brushing up against people with your shoulders. Like that's how oh. insanely crowded that park was that day. Um, and it was before they fixed the Fantasyland walkway with expanding okay. into the Rapunzel yeah. bathrooms. So it was still that narrow stretch. And when you got in there, there was no getting out. Like you just had to go with the traffic flow. Don't think you're getting off the ride an attraction. Just forget about it. Um, well, they handed noisemakers out to the children at four o'clock that afternoon for, oh, that's for the always new year. A good thing. Now, I think they were doing something at six. But I mean, what child was going to get rid of the noisemaker at six? It wasn't going to happen. They were yeah. going to be going off all night. We decided at 20 after four that we'd had enough magic for the day. And we uh, left and went to Applebee's for dinner. <laughs> Oh my god! We got back to the hotel that night. I fell asleep at nine o'clock, slept for twelve straight hours, <laughs> woke up at nine the next morning, <laughs> and that was our New Year's Eve in <laughs> Walt Disney, Disney World. <laughs> oh my goodness! But it's a great story to tell, and we've had many lovely experiences since then <laughs> that are um, much more um, <laughs> that that are much more magical. Now that you know so better, much better, right? But it was just a you know it's just a fun thing. We still laugh about it today. Um, we're actually coming up on our twentieth anniversary uh, trip in December. And I booked Cinderella's Royal Table uh, at the appropriate time frame this time at the now now 60 days out. So we will be going back again for the first time since that. So um, well, hopefully there's less noisemakers. Hopefully there are zero noisemakers <laughs> since it won't be New Year's Eve. So that should help a lot. So now that you know a little bit more about us, we're going to talk about just really briefly what you can expect from this podcast. Um, so... In going with our theme today, we are obviously going to be main, mainly focused on Disney. So we're going to be focusing on all things Disney, not just Disney World. So Disney World, Disneyland, Disney Cruise Lines, and some adventures by Disney. And then we'll also take a peek into some of the other travel providers that we work with, including all major cruise lines and river cruise opportunities, Universal, um, guided tour companies, and all-inclusive resorts. So we're going to have a little bit of everything. So to wrap up today, 
This podcast is sponsored by Cherry Tree Lane Vacations, a travel agency specializing in Disney destinations, Disney Cruise Line, Adventures by Disney, Universal, all major cruise lines, and all-inclusive resorts. As always, our services are free to you. If you would like to plan your next vacation, please visit us on CherryTreeLaneVacations.com. For Lisa, I'm Holly, and remember to always say yes to adventure.